Hey, this is Devorah, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this intro before the intro of our today's Boondoggle radio show. Uh, as you know, we're a veteran-owned and operated podcast, and this has been an incredibly therapeutic journey for me as a veteran that struggles with PTSD and anxiety, just getting out and talking to people. But uh, it does cost us some money, so if you feel so obliged to donate to our GoFundMe, we have a GoFundMe under Today's Boondoggle. We also have a Venmo at Today's Boondoggle that you can donate to. Uh, our anchor sponsorship at anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle uh, any questions comments suggestions complaints you can email us at today's boondoggle at gmail.com and please follow us on our social media sites at, uh, at today's boondoggle on instagram facebook twitter all your uh, social media platforms as well as our youtube channel our rumble channel and our BitChute channel please follow subscribe comment and download and please consider checking out our sponsors. If you uh, support our sponsor, Dream Nutrition, you can receive 10% off your order by using the promo code BOONDOG10 at checkout. So Dream Nutrition, they're a veteran-owned and operated company as well, so please support them and receive 10% off using the promo code BOONDOG10. Thanks for your time, and thanks for listening. Incarceration Music and Tattoo Festival is almost here. July 14th through 16th at Ohio State Reformatory with Slipknot. Limp Biscuit. Pantera. Plus, Full Beat, Megadeth, Lamb of God, In This Moment, Highly Suspect, and more. Hurry and get passes now at incarceration.com. Incarceration. So come and get it. Get it. going on everybody it's bill bailey with today's boondoggle and real quick housekeeping note if you're watching us on youtube or rumble or uh, bitshoot or odyssey please hit that follow and subscribe button and if you're listening to us on spotify or uh, apple or google or any of the podcast platforms please hit that follow and subscribe button 
help us uh, build up our numbers so we can continue to bring you conversations like the one I'm about to bring you today. Speaking with the ladies behind the Camp Punksylvania Music Festival. How are you both doing? Good. How are you? <laughs> A little hectic today, but, uh, you know, like I said before I got here, uh, I'm managing. Um, I, I didn't want to miss this because I was excited to learn more about it. I've, I've seen, you know, I get the uh, PR reports and stuff like that, and I've heard of your festival before and uh i think i've actually had some friends play it in the past but um i i wanted to know more about it and then also being a father of two daughters it's awesome to uh you know when women are taking the helm and taking charge and running things and making shit happen you know it's really uh it, it it's uh motivational to me but also i love sharing this kind of stuff with 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 my girls you know so um, yeah that means a lot actually thank you it really does <laughs> awesome so yeah i was reading a little bit about your backgrounds and stuff and i want to get into all that um and then what led to the uh festival and everything but originally when i have people on i like to hear like do you remember originally what did you want to be when you grew up <laughs> when we were like five or yeah. like i wanted to be an astronaut if I wanted to be a ballerina. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, we're not even close to that, but that's not okay. even a little bit. That's <laughs> all right. They could add, add, you know, maybe a ballerina set to some punk music or something down the line, you know, and uh, people dress so. up in spacesuits or whatever, you know. But, uh, and then, like, when do you guys remember, like, when you discovered, uh, you know, your earliest influences for music? I got into it. I was young. Um, my family uh, owned a, a pizzeria growing up, so I was constantly in the back um, listening to everything that they had going on there. I used to steal their CDs and stuff. So I got into it at like 10 years old. Um, I'm only 30, though, so it's not that long for me. Um, it, it's been a wild ride, though. What about you? So I have always liked punk. Um but my music taste is like wide. So when I was growing up, I would listen to literally everything from Mozart to Metallica. I played violin, saxophone, piano, all of that shit in high school um, and was just really starting to come into the scene in my adult years. And I'm absolutely in love with the scene and in love with everything, punk community and everything. Nice. And then, um, so like uh, you were saying, you played a little in, in high school and everything too. Well, yeah, so I played um, the violin for 11 years and I play, well, I still play it a little bit. I just don't do it like with a group or anything. And I played alto saxophone for nine years and taught oh myself. Hi, we should be in a ska band. We should create a ska band. <laughs> you guys got the perfect venue to, you know, break in. Too, yeah, right? Right? <laughs> next, next year, I'm thinking, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And I don't know if you remember the movie uh, Revenge of the Nerds. That was, uh, I'm a little bit older, you know, but uh, there was like an awesome, like uh, they did an awesome set with that involved a violin, you know, so yeah. you guys can kind of make it, make it punk and rock out, you know? <laughs> hey, you never know. <clears throat> nope. And right then, now, um, it's tough for us to try and <laughs> take on anything else. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, you both <laughs> got, definitely have your hands full uh, oh, yeah. with, with uh, everything you guys got going on. But uh, um, now, where are you your your backgrounds? Uh, are you both from the Pennsylvania area or? No. So actually there's three of us. Um, I'm from central New York. She lives in Pennsylvania and Terry, who is not with us today, lives in Ontario. So we're kind of scattered all over the the Northeast, which is really nice. It gives us this kind of ability to be in more places than one. You know, we host shows in Philadelphia. We host shows in Buffalo. Terry's starting to explore Toronto a little bit. So we have a lot of really cool things going on in it. It lets us do a lot with our bands and bands coming through. Nice. And then, um, like growing up before you started, you know, got, um, you know, involved with booking your own shows. Um, what was the music scene like as just a fan that drew you in? Who wants to go? You go. I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Honestly, up until um, the pandemic, I was all over the place, right? So technically my parents lived in Pennsylvania, but I bounced between PA, Alaska, Morocco, France, everywhere. So like specifically the music scene here, I was not deeply involved in. I wish I was, but I didn't have the chance to be. Um, everywhere I go though, I do try to get involved in the music scene and just bring all of those different perspectives that I've experienced everywhere else so that we can create an environment that makes everybody feel welcome here. But yeah, no, Laura, you know more about right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, before COVID, I think things were great. I do think after COVID though, we've seen a little bit of a resurgence. It's people have been more excited to kind of get back out there. Uh, you know, and we said this the other day too, but it's just like, we don't know if we're if that's going to happen again. We don't know if we're going to get shut down again. We don't know what could happen again. So I think people have this sense of urgency to want to go out to shows, to roll their sleeves up, and to kind of do things themselves. And it's so cool to see. Yeah, I uh, I know. Like for me, you know, I've always been a, you know a fan of music, and but I didn't have the discipline to ever like you know learn an instrument and stay you know connected like that. Um, you know, I mean, I think I, I, you know, butchered the the recorder even, you know, in kindergarten, <laughs> you know, but, uh, but when I was, uh, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of friends in local music here in Cleveland and I wanted to be involved somehow, you know, because I loved, you know, just being a part of that environment and the giving back. And I started this promotion domain Cleveland entertainment with a few friends of mine here and, uh, used to book a lot of hardcore and, and punk and local shows and stuff here in Cleveland. And, but then, you know, um, you know, I, I mean, my story kind of goes all over the place because of, you know, I had a history of addiction and stuff. I mean, I'm 14 years sober now, but, oh, um, awesome. you know, I, you know, I don't know, like what, what was it that kind of, that you got made you guys want to try and like, do the, you know, local promotion thing and, and uh, promote your scene and book shows and stuff like that. The absolute love of our community. Yeah. And Every honestly, person, just, yeah, just wanting to have people together and see our friends up on stage and see mm -hmm. our friends in the crowd. Nice. And then, um, so like, when did that start for you? When was your, your go back to like one of your first, uh, you know, putting on one of your first shows and what that experience was like for you? So <laughs> I'm going to talk about the first time that I was 
even kind of at a Riot Squad show. First time I met Laura was all in. <laughs> all in. I was at an underpass in Philly, just hanging out in a little skate park under a highway. We were hanging out, having a great time. It was somebody's birthday, so Laura had all these cupcakes and like, <laughs> and, and her and her one friend were like, "Here, you're taking over the merch stand real quick. Put this like fanny pack of cash around me." And was like, "Okay, you do this." As like hopping <laughs> a pit just to show love to this person, and I'm like, "Oh." These are people I want to be around. These are people I want to become integrated with because there's just so much love between all of us. And we have each other's back in times that we really need it. And we just care about genuinely one another. And there's that reciprocity. I don't know why that word was hard for me to say. But (laughs) it's just an amazing scene and an amazing community. That was a fun show. That was actually, so, um, you know, we haven't been hosting shows as I haven't been hosting shows and Riot Squad as a whole hasn't been hosting shows for that long. Attending shows, sure, forever, years and years, that's a different story. But um, we started hosting during the pandemic, honestly, like when it started to kind of be okay to be people again, you know, um, venues were shutting down left and right we had nowhere to go. And again, we just wanted to like be out there with our friends. We wanted to, to get out there and to see our friends up on stage again. So we're like, well, we'll call this bar up ourselves. We'll hit up this warehouse and see if we can use the empty back room, you know, just random, random little things like that. And it's turned into something so amazing. Um, and we don't want to let people down either, which is how camp happened. You know, it, it started as Vero likes to call it a glorified <laughs> hot dog party. You know, we were, we just wanted to hang out with our friends over a campfire, have some acoustic guitar in the background and just, you know, hang out with each other. But one thing led to another, a few people heard about it and everybody had the same idea. Everybody wanted to do the same thing, which pushes us to be like, oh shit, people want to be a part of this. So now we have like this this reason to actually do this rather than just because we like it, you know? Nice. And um, so like you said, you originally weren't like putting shows together, but you were involved with them. You want to tell us a little bit about the, the uh, origin story behind riot squad? Yeah. um, Well, so we formed kind of, kind of during the, a little bit before the pandemic, we, uh, we all met, not all, a chunk of us met at a festival in Ohio years back, went back for a year or two, group grew even bigger. It was beautiful. Uh, and then they decided to pull the plug on it and not do it again. So we were like, well, here we go. We're going to roll our sleeves up DIY. And then the pandemic hit. So we're like, well, we're not going to, we're not going to hang out without everybody. We're not going to do, we're not going to do a show or anything. And we wanted to still kind of stay relevant. You know, we can't go to shows. We can't be with our friends, but how do we still stay connected to them and to the music during all this? So we started putting out, um, it was called Sunday spin. It was like a little podcast YouTube series kind of thing where we just talked about good music that was coming out and what we're listening to. And, you know, people started to kind of follow along and listen to that. And then when we were able to come out of the pandemic a little bit, we started taking these bands that we're listening to and we're like, Hey, let's play this venue together. What do you guys think about this? And not knowing, you know, who to use promoter wise or anybody that is like going to even look at small bands like us, you know, cause that was the reality of it after COVID is like live nation is not looking at you. So you have to do it yourself. Um, yeah. and now we're here. Nice. Yeah. And then, um, like 
you know, I was I was reading up on your backgrounds. Now you said you know you started, uh, you know, as a kid you kind of got into music, uh, working at your family's pizzeria shop, and stuff like that. But you went on to do, uh, you know, go to school, get uh, graphic design and business management degrees, and then you own your own restaurant as well. I, I did actually. Yeah. It's been a little over a year now that I have, uh, since I've closed the doors there, that was the best thing I've ever done, <laughs> but it was a cool experience. Yeah. So that was like, kind of like a family thing. You, you know, you grew up around that. Yeah. I, I mean, my stuff. whole life, gosh, as long as I can remember my dad, that was my dad's thing, you know, and I used to go in on Saturday mornings with him, sit in the office. And then I'd go downstairs when the crew got in and what's this? What's that? And I bug them until their ears would bleed. But the cool thing was, is a lot of them were punk rockers. You know, I remember this one guy uh, and he was great too. He came to my first punk rock show with me, big, huge orange mohawk. And I always thought he was the coolest motherfucker I'd ever seen. I was like, that is, that is cool. That's red. He's covered in studs. He's got chain wallets, like, and he's blaring this wild stuff from this, from the stereo back here. And I would go and I would like, in their little CD binders, they each had their own, they'd bring out of their car and I'd go and pull stuff out of them every day. And I'd bring them home and I'd fall in love. So it was, it was a cool gateway for me. And then I just kind of, I got handed the restaurant once my dad got sick and I was like, well, this is a no brainer. It's all I kind of know how to do. And it's right here. I found my own location for it. I kind of bought a bunch of equipment from him so he could go do his thing. And I ran it for about 10 years. And I don't know, probably about seven years in, I realized like, this is not like, this is sufficing, but it's not making me happy, you know? Um, and I started yeah. doing Riot Squad and heavily going to shows again. And I decided last year, okay, we're done. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I know like growing up, you know, like I, I guess parents are always, they, they want like the safe thing for their kids, you know, and it, but it's not always our passion. Like for the longest time I put off my passion with wanting to promote bands and getting into the music scene, you know, because, you know, well, everybody works at Ford around here, you know, you got to go work at Ford and get provided nice, you know, or, you know, I, I was, I worked at UPS for a number of years, you know, you got to provide a nice living for your family and all that stuff. But it's yeah, like, and like, that Every was day you're punching in, it feels like you're leaving a part of your soul outside, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was doing fine. You know, I had everything that I needed. I was able to, like, go to shows and stuff, so I can't really complain. But, like, it wasn't that fulfillment, you know, where I wake up now every day. I work I work strictly in events, which is awesome. It's, it's where I wanted to be, you know? So I wake up now, and I'm like, all right, what do we got going on today? And then doing – it's so funny to even call Camp and Riot Squad, like, a passion project now because it – has turned into a full-time not paying job. So, so <laughs> but um there's there's a fire lit under my ass every morning now. I want to do this. I want to check my emails. I want to talk to these bands. I want to go and execute these shows and meet new people. So there's always something to look forward to. It's not like I'm waking up every day saying, oh great, I get to go and sell sandwiches to people who are going to complain about the price to me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I found a hair in my sandwich. Can I talk oh, to the manager? Man. You know? It was in the area that I was it's, into. It's an orange really, mohawk hair. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wasn't the best for me, but you know, up and out. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but so now you're doing, uh, you know, you're kind of, you, you, but that, that whole time you were going to school for what graphic design and business management kind of learning 
Yeah, well, so I I went to Pratt Institute actually for fine art and illustration, and I actually didn't get anything done. I didn't I didn't go to school for business management. That was all kind of handed down to me, thankfully, until later on. But um, I ended up getting sick with a brain tumor, so I had to medically withdraw from school. I kind of put everything on halt, and then when I came back, it was like I didn't have time to go back into school. I had no money. I was poor, so I just was like, all right, we're working. 70 hours a week now and i just i did that until i was absolutely miserable <laughs> gotcha and then, uh, <laughs> uh, now how do i pronounce pronounce your name vero yeah vero it's vero. veronica and you can call me veronica if that's easier <laughs> oh veronica all right that, that's the punk version of veronica vero because <laughs> i was gonna well that answers that other question because i was like that's kind of a unique name like what how did yeah that so <laughs> well, when I was in high school and younger, I went by Ronnie because that's what my parents called me. But then I spent a lot of time abroad and in Spanish, it would be pronounced Vero and in French, it's Vero. So I was just like, I'm going to keep it the same across all languages. <laughs> nice. And then, you know, I was reading a little bit. I mean, and as you shared being, you know, studying abroad and everything, you got had a background in international relations. Uh, you do a lot of community advocacy as well. Um, yeah, so... Um, let's talk friend, a little bit about that. Like, what yeah. uh, drew you into that? Um, personal stories, of course. Um, it's very, very close to my heart. And I want to ensure that people that have experienced any sort of violence, be that domestic or sexual, have a, an option for support. So when I was working with the advocacy agency... Um, I was a medical advocate, so I was that person that was in the emergency department directly following an incident of domestic violence or sexual assault, supporting them, getting them into shelter if needed, and I would stay throughout the entire SANE exam to see like, if they needed support, support for the nurse, stuff like that. Um, while I, my heart lies with that work and I love that work, I've recently been accepted into graduate school, so I was not going to be able to do that heavy work while also studying full-time. Um, and so my goal is to eventually work in international um, peace. So I want to work as a conflict mediator and facilitator at peace treaties so that we can avoid things like systemic violence, um, inter, inter, why can't I think, international violence or international conflict as well, just to make sure that we can maximize my humanitarian impact while minimizing my cultural impact in other historically exploited nations. And, you know, I, when I was reading, reading uh, that, you know, I was thinking about like, you know, how using the, the festival and the, you know, the music to, to be a, you know, uh, a platform to raise awareness on those issues as well. Absolutely. Um, I know I had, uh, you know, years ago, I had a nephew that committed suicide and, you know, the, the effects of mental health, like, I mean, I'm a veteran, I, I struggle with my own, uh, you know, PTSD and stuff like that. But, you know, and I know a lot of veterans that have taken their lives. So that's something that I'm passionate about. But before, you know, when I used to still promote shows, I used to do like an annual suicide prevention benefit concert with uh, uh, Derek Hess here, uh, artist from Cleveland. Yeah. And, um, you know, just to raise awareness, to use the platform, to use my passions to also, you know, bring a voice or to the voiceless and kind of like raise awareness in the scene. Um, 
of you know the struggles with mental health and stuff so yeah. I, I like the combination of you guys working together with your you know experience and and using this platform to you know it's it's good to get together and rock out and just like forget about our problems but at the same time like we got also like we can't ignore that these things exist and what a way to you know reach people absolutely and at riot squad media we are not quiet about our politics. We are not quiet about the fact that we are a safe space for everyone, regardless of marginalized identity, of background, of anything like that. So we wanna ensure that anyone that steps through the doors at one of our events at Camp Pennsylvania feels like they're at home and feels like they know that they are safe and they're not gonna have to deal with any bullshit that they might have to deal with at a different show or a different place. And, you know, like you said, you it's all great to rock out together, right? But you want to do that, and you want to do that without a care in the world at that moment, right. you know? Um, and, and when that's done, we're going to have resources for you for outlets. You know, you yep. can come to camp, and we'll have Punk Rock Saves Lives there all weekend long. Uh, you know, they've got, they've got little therapy dogs for you to love up on if you're feeling a little anxious and stuff. They've got resources for you. Um, a really great thing about them is they supply us with harm reduction uh, products for the entire weekend. Well, actually, all the time, really, yeah. uh, just in case. And it just goes to show that this community really is looking out for one another. And we really are here to keep everybody safe, free of judgment, free of anything like that. Um, it's a safe space for everybody, whether you're five years old or 85 years old. We got your back. Awesome. Yeah, I remember like, you know, one of my, you know, when when COVID came and we were all locked down and there was all that uncertainty, you know, am I going to be able to go to a show again? You know, it's like I've been, you know, there's this community, this family atmosphere when you see the same faces at the local venues, you know, all the time. And then, you know, you form these bonds with these people. But then uh, like social media comes along and, you know, there, you know, 2020 was quite a, you know, eye opening year, you know, like for we're locked down. We have nothing better to do, but to get online and attack each other. You know, it seemed like there's so much divisiveness and, you know, we might not always, you know, agree on the same politics and this and that, but it's like, you know, when we were together jamming to the same bands, you know, none of that stuff affected, you know, none of that stuff bothered us. It's like, we forget to find the common ground that brings us together because we're, when we're at home bored, we're just too busy attacking each other over these bullet points, which, you know, the system's kind of set up to keep us at each other's throats and distracted anyway, you but know? That's the thing. Like, if we can get people to come together over music, over your love, over a certain band, and you guys can then sit down and have a civilized conversation and, you know, maybe see each other's side of things, that's, that's like, one of the goals that we have is to make sure, again, too, that people are together and that they're just talking. Like, communication is key, really. And I think that yep. the more we talk to each other, the more we realize we really are all so much the same. It's not even funny. And I think that's why I like personally, like, of course, I love going to camp. It's our festival. It's our baby, right? But, you know, cruising around all weekend long there and seeing just all different walks of life, talk to each other about their personal experiences, about their differences, and, you know, just getting different perspectives on things is a really beautiful sight to see. And then, you know, seeing them come back the next year with the friends that they made and doing the same thing again, making new friends, getting out there, putting their opinions out there to people. It's, it's special. Absolutely. That's why I'm so passionate about live music, right? I, like I said, I want to go into conflict mediation. There are few things that are universal in this world, music, food, 
art, things like that. When we are in, like, for example, the fire stage that we have, everyone's sitting around a campfire. We got a, an acoustic, somebody playing a guitar or something. And everyone is singing the same exact lyrics that they think are, or that they can relate to is just such a unifying moment and just such a beautiful like glimpse of humanity. And that's just what camp is all about. One of my favorite moments from last year at camp was uh, when one of our Riot Squad bands, Fat Chance, was up on stage. And another great thing about Fat Chance, too, is like, yeah, they're a Riot Squad band. Uh, you know, we, we do a lot of things with them. Um, but one of their members is a key, key part of our team. You know, he runs sound for us. So without him, like, what do we have? We can't really execute that. So Fat Chance is up on stage and all of us are in the crowd for this. And they go into uh, their song Worthy. And I looked around and everybody at camp, everybody was singing along to this. There's no music, you know, and it's just this like almost religious experience. And you're just like, wow, what is happening right now? And it's one of those just moments of absolute togetherness. And I can't wait to feel that again. And I love to feel that when I go to shows. I just went to go see the Menzingers the other night and I felt that again too. And that kind of stuff just like, it fills me up so much. And I think we can all say that. I think that's why we all go to those things is for moments like that, you know? Oh, exactly. I remember uh, uh, for me, like the first... Uh, it was, you know, the first festival here in Ohio, like right after COVID started kind of like, you know, they started pulling back was incarceration at, at the uh, reformatory here. And it happened to be on the weekend, the 20 year anniversary of nine 11. And, you know, after being like locked up and just like, everybody's just like, you know, like I said, kind of at each other's throats. I was like, man, I'm going to go into this and see some people I haven't seen in a while. And, and I, you know, they were saying some nasty things to me online, you know, what's it going to be like when we, we see each other face to face. And luckily it was just like, you know, it, it, the music brought us all together and we were just like, whatever, that was stupid, you know? And, and by the way, keyboard and texting isn't really signs of real communication in my opinion. It's no, that face -to -face and interaction and stuff, but you know, they had somebody come out, they, they did something, you know, you're like, like it was pretty wild. A lot of people were letting loose. They'd been locked up, you know, and there's metal bands and, and they're just going off and, 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 and letting loose, having a good time, you know, but then when they came across the, uh, over the, the, uh, intercom saying, you know, we'd like to have a moment of silence for everyone we lost on September 11th, man, you could hear a pin drop, you know? And then this uh, young lady from a local uh, band came up and she sung the national anthem and people like standing up, you know, hands on their hearts, you know, you know, the uh, taking their hats off and stuff. And, you know, being a veteran, man, that was pretty emotional for me, man. I had tears running down my face. It was just like it was like all this bullcrap we just went through. And it's just like we're all still, you know, part of the same family here, you know, and it meant a lot, you know. And it was like a being at a retreat after being locked up for so long going going. It, I wasn't getting like massages and foot rubs and stuff, but it was like, you know, it was like quite a quite a fulfilling and retreat. I think that's why live music is so important too. You know, it just goes back to like, it's that, that barrier that we need to kind of see the other side of things with people that lets us say, okay, maybe, maybe you aren't so bad. Maybe, maybe we can coexist and maybe we can figure things out together. Um, and to watch it happen all the time and all across all different genres is also, like you said, it's universal. And it's one of the very few things we have that is universal. 
and yeah. it's it's something as so simple as that like as like frank turner says something as simple as rock and roll can save us all and it's so fucking true it really is yeah i agree I'm emotional <laughs> <laughs> very then, emotional uh, i wanted to talk you know like i mean so this is like we're, this is going to be the third year that you yes. guys have done this then Yep, it's let's our third year. It's our second year in this location. In this location. Okay. But I mean, let's talk about the first time, you know, when the idea even sparked that you guys were going to wanted to do this, you know, uh, go share that process of how that came to be with, with the audience. Yeah, well, again, it just goes back to just straight DIY. We we all were hanging out at this festival in Ohio at Legend Valley. It was awesome. We went back year two, did the same thing, um, and then they didn't announce it again. So we were like, well, one of our friends has a, a big, huge plot of land in her backyard. Like, what if we just have a few bands play, like our friends' bands, and we, you know, have some hot dogs and some beers, and we just hang out, and we were talking about this on social media, right, because as one does, and, you know, we woke up the next day, there were like three or four of us that were actively speaking on this, we woke up the next day, and the post that we were talking on had like 300 comments on it of people asking, what's the address, when are the dates, do we have to buy tickets, and it was just like, what? <laughs> We were like, what is going on? So it, it really almost started out as like a glorified hot dog party, right? And then we slowly were like, well, if people really want to do this, let's like invite people over. And then it became too big to have at our friend's house. We're like, we can't, we can't be doing that. So we found a, another property um, and we announced our event, right? And then COVID hit and shut everything down. So we're like, okay, fine, we'll postpone. Um and then some other things happen. You know, you lose people along the way. You pick some other people up. Things change. But I really think for us, COVID, um, COVID was a good thing, I think, for camp. Like, I think we needed that year of, hey, you are not ready to do this. You have no clue what you're doing. And you're going to be forced to sit on Google and read up on the right way to do things. So that's exactly what we did. Terry and I. Day in, day out, we're going back and forth. We were on the phone for hours and hours every day. We almost pulled the plug on things. We were like, is this worth it? Are we ever going to come out of this? Are we going to get to do this? Um, and I'm really glad that we did. Uh, year two, one and a half. I don't even know what to call it. Like, it, it was weird. It's so weird. COVID really messed us up. But our official year one was at this place called Four Quarters Farm in the middle of absolutely nowhere Pennsylvania um you literally to get there you have to drive down you have to drive in the Maryland into West Virginia back into Pennsylvania to get there and it was like we had to go three hours to get a pizza yeah That's I was just gonna say you had to go three states to get a pizza it was amazing <laughs> Um, but we had no, you know, we had, we found this place during COVID and again, too, like during COVID, nobody wants to even host anything. Right. So no one's talking to us about like, oh, when we do come out of this, can we host an event here? And these people were like, hell yeah. So, um, you know, we did just that. It, we had no cell phone service there. The grounds were absolutely gorgeous. It was really like a picturesque place, but it was just not the right fit for us. It was too, too big. It wasn't walkable for festival attendees, really. So we're like, man, we want to do this again, but we have to make this accessible. Like it was like a seven and a half hour drive for me. It was at least five hours away for like almost everybody. Um, so we attended an event also during COVID at the Circle Drive-In 
a couple of us. It was like an outdoor flea market. It was actually the Nepa Horror Fest and they had a flea market and stuff too. And we're walking around. We're like, man, this would be pretty cool. Um, and here we are. <laughs> we're at the Circle Drive-In and it was honestly the best thing we could have ever done for camp. We saw double the attendance um, our first year there than we did in Artemis and we're expecting to double that again this year. Easier to access this one. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's like, yeah. it is the perfect location because it's pretty much a two hour drive from New York city, from Philadelphia, um, a couple hours from Baltimore, Baltimore everywhere, Baltimore, um, Utica, Buffalo. It's just more central and we have cell phone service. Location. We have cell phone service. There's hotels. <laughs> you know, it was really funny the first year, uh, obviously we had no cell phone service we had to go either to the very top of the hill or the very very bottom of the hill like there was no in between so there there's people with kids like looking for service all weekend long right and like we finally get service at the end of this and we're like looking on social media and so many people are like did camp Pennsylvania happen like what <laughs> 300 people just disappeared into the woods for a week and just never taught anything and it was because we couldn't we were forced to not be on our phones and i think that's what made year one so special for everybody is uh and it's why we always say to like this is a cult like we formed this group of people that were so forced together for four days you know um and they came back year two and they're coming back year three and it's just again it's something really beautiful to see like you're forced to stick around with these people you can't be on your cell phone posting about it so you're just living in the moment and I think it gave camp you know it let everyone know like hey this is an intimate experience the bands are around the campfire with you they're sitting there listening to the headliners with you they're at your merch table buying your pins eating pizza with you they're hanging out it's it's really just a different experience than yeah. your average festival and like that really really set us up for the rest of our like culture and the rest of our just environment because even last year we were much more centrally located we had cell phone service not everybody was on their phone all the time it was amazing yeah. we had like the the third day on sunday it poured it was horrible we could not have it outside so we decided that in that moment we were going to move everything all of the bands, the equipment that we needed, all of the vendors, all of the attendees across the highway to the basement of a day's in. And so everybody that attended last year got to see Guttermouth shirtless on like a six inch stage in the basement of a day's in. And that is what camp is all about. Just making sure that like, these are bands that we have loved and seen growing up, but they're also just people. Lauren and, and also back to like the DIY thing. We're going to yeah. do whatever the fuck we have to do to get this show going yeah. for the people that are here. Because we're going to be damned if we let anybody down. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's just bringing everybody, I don't want to say like back on the same level, but just like, oh my gosh, these are humans. And they like the same stuff I like, and we have the same passions and interests. And it's just really cool to make that human connection with these people that we've looked up to our entire lives. Yeah, you know, like, it's so cool to go and see these bands up on these huge festival stages, right? But, like, it's even cooler when they're screaming in your face and when they're mm -hmm. in that pit with you and when they're up until 5 a.m. stealing your guitar and your booze out of your cooler. Yes, Sam, <laughs> we're talking about you. <laughs> um, it's it, it really does just humanize these bands, and it yeah. makes it a little more 
um, a little more magical, I think, for people. You know, we had this seven-year-old there. Was he seven, six, or seven-year-old? He's six or seven. He's well, a boy. He was great. Um, we had this little kid there last year, and just to kind of see him falling in love with the scene yes. was was a amazing you know and to see him going around and like like meeting these these people like literally meeting Sam from Get Dead joking around with him and stuff like that they're giving him patches and stickers and stuff it's so wholesome and I think it's cool when you can see those people and they're doing these things right with you rather than like they they're too good to kind of come and talk to you after their performance they're getting back in their tour bus or whatever like Mephistopheles tried to play a second set yeah (laughs) you know and it's it's I think it says something when when everybody's ready to to go back to those DIY roots no matter how like big and successful they are and I it's awesome because that's what it's all about and that's where how this all started for everybody exactly yeah and then um so yeah so this year's is going to be September 1st through the 3rd Mm -hmm. at the infamous circle drive-in theater once again what have you guys learned uh uh, has there anything that fans that were there last year can expect differently this year or any, uh, you know, we're going to say or... the same thing. <laughs> showers. <laughs> yes. There's going to be showers. <laughs> Better showers. showers. Um, it's Better also, showers. it's just going to be bigger and better. I know that sounds like so cliche or whatever, but like our market has doubled more than doubled we've got tons of like interactive activities there's a massive weekend-long scavenger hunt with some wild prizes um like every every day somebody will get picked at random to take their ga pass and it gets turned into a stage side pass so it's like hey you get the full experience for just being here you know um and again too it's just what it's about like we want to make sure that there's a fair shot for everybody to do everything and that's why like you're able to come just one day. You're able to come all three days. You're able to get a GA pass. You're able to get a ridiculous pass if you want it. You know, like the world is your oyster at camp. You can sit in the woods in a tree all weekend and eat hot dogs if you want, or you can be slammed on the rail from noon until 2 a.m., you yeah. know? And well, that's the thing. Even after 10, there's not really a rail either because we move everything to our fire stage, which is also an amazing like fun experience because it's just going back to when like I don't know if y'all ever went to summer camp but you're just chilling with your homies around a campfire and oh look escape from the zoo is playing like two feet away from us and we're just gonna sit around and eat s'mores and roast marshmallows which is just so much fun and then also just the bands that we have this year like we're gonna get there the first song is gonna start playing of the weekend and the tears will not stop until Monday because these are bands that Laura, Terry and I and a lot of the punk scene have looked up to since we were children. And the fact that we created this thing is just so humbling and like amazing. Yeah, and it's cool to be able to like have the suicide machines headlining something like this and then to see a band like, I literally all of them, a band like Suburban Downgrade who, you know, are are that areas they're like it's like their band you know and it's really great we have these guys coming back for a second year they were with us last year they played it was our one of the after parties or no the kickoff show i think it was um but they're coming back on our main stage this year and i think it's just cool to just watch these bands continue to grow each year too um and to say like hey 
<laughs> do you guys want to play along with the suicide machines? They're like, are you fucking joking? Like, <laughs> to, yes. to, for us to be able to say that to people is just so wild. Every day I wake up, I look at our, li- our lineup, I listen to the playlist, I talk to these guys, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> Am I going to wake up at any point? Like, is this really my real life? Am I really doing this? And it's so cool that it's real. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the lineup uh, this year and like who who's uh, you you mentioned a few of them are coming back. You know, they obviously believe in what you guys have been doing and are passionate as well. Uh, so let's talk about how these relationships have grown and and the bands that you have coming this year. Oh, oh my goodness. Man. So uh, you go first. <laughs> I'll let you talk. I'm going to talk about our our babies, our, our baby. squad babies. <laughs> Because these people have been with us since before day one, right? There are three bands that are like Riot Squad bands. The What Nows from Pennsylvania, Fat Chance from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Working Class Stiffs from the Buffalo area. We would not have created camp without them, right? Our first year, um, people from the What Nows helped us with sound. We were able to get um, the production equipment that we needed through one of their stepdads, and they were able to run it. Ugh, love Rick, such an amazing angel. Yeah, shout out, Rick, we love you. Rick, come back. <laughs> um, and then, like, also year one, working class stiffs, one of the guys is an electrician and literally built us built our power supplies for it <laughs> so that we could actually run it. Know, those power supplies fuel our market now at, yeah. at, at a circle drive-in. So without without bands like this and you know fat chance their their drummer is our main sound engineer so like without these guys what are we doing and And it's just so humbling to be able to see them right and even through that connection um with his name is kyle he is a golden retriever angel um (laughs) his he works for a company called kester productions and they're our stage sponsor so we were able to make that connection So without these people, exactly, without (laughs) all of these bands supporting us and seeing the potential in Terry, Laura, and myself, we would not have been able to do this. And we are so beyond grateful for all of them. And so they are playing our lineup and they will all be on Saturday, the same day as the Suicide Machines. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and also like they're all ska bands, so it just makes sense. Really, really talented ska bands that are all coming out with new music this year. Big shout out to the Riot Squad bands. We do love them. You know, not even just them. We do have other bands, too, coming back that are so kick-ass. You know, we have our our homegirls in Froggy. They're from Philadelphia. And this is, again, this is their third year coming back. So we call them one of our OG bands, too. Like, these are, this band has had our back, has thought that, like, hey, this is a cool thing to play for the last three years in a row. And the fact that, you know, they're sponsored by freaking 7-Eleven and they're out touring and doing whatever whatever it is that they're doing, being played on the radio, exploding the way they are. And they're saying, hey, we're coming back to play camp is awesome. And it, again, too, it just goes back to like being able to watch these bands grow. So if we can have Froggy come back every year and just keep watching them explode, like we're going to do that. <laughs> we're definitely going to do that. Same right. thing, you know, we've got Dissidente coming back year two, the Mostly Dead's coming back. Um, and then we have bands that were supposed to be on our lineup last year that for, you know, visa reasons or unfortunate circumstances couldn't make it that we have coming back again. They hit us up and said, hey, we couldn't make it. 
can we make it this year? So, you know, with that being said, we have Doc Rotten joining us again this year. We have the Barstool Preachers coming back, playing all three stages this year. So it's like they couldn't make it last year and they're really making up for it this year, which I think is so awesome. Like it obviously says enough about the festival that these bands are so excited to come and take time out of their schedules and stuff to fly from the United Kingdom (laughs) and, and to play this is just a wild feeling. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And then, um, you know, I wanted to roll back to the fact that, you know, this is organized by an all-female team, strong, independent badasses. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> and like I said, you know, being a dad, a girl dad, um, you know, I got two beautiful young girls that are, are uh, young adults now. And uh, I wanted to ask, like, uh, what message would you have for, uh, to send to like my daughters or other young women out there that want to, you know, step up and take charge of things. Like, you know, what message you have for young women out there today? Well, do it and be a, loud. I like that. Do it and be loud. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And then, um, you know, there are like so many mixed messages out there about what being a strong, independent woman is today. And, you know, they used to be like broadcast just via TV, but now it's like, you know, 24 seven on social media, you know, these, these mixed messages that young girls are getting on their cell phone. And, you know, this is what a woman is. And this is, you know, uh, like if you could go back and talk to like, send a message back to like, you know, 12 year old you from what you know today, what would that message be? Nobody knows what the fuck they're doing, so you might as well do it. Honestly. (laughs) Absolutely. Nobody knows what they're doing. If you... That and, like, it's okay to be fucking weird, right? Like, it's okay to, like, not be normal and to not follow the norm and to be that black sheep. And eventually... You know, if I could go back and tell my younger self and just be like, eventually that's going to be cool. Like eventually being the black sheep is going to be where you want to be. So I think just making sure that you never fall into other people's like wishes for you or perceptions of you is key. And I think another thing when we're talking about what is portrayed as what a woman is, right, especially in social media and media there are as many different ways to be a woman as there are women in the entire world. Nobody's going to have the same experience. Whatever experience you have, that's what being a woman is for you. And that's amazing. Yeah. And I, I mean, I mean, I'm not a woman, but um, you know, like I, I appreciate when everybody, like you guys are being your authentic selves right now, you're following who you are, you know, there's no, uh, Like, I mean, social media, you know, they throw on all these filters and everything, everything just, it's not being who you really are. And I'm trying to get my daughters like, don't, don't keep up with the Kardashians, you know, sorry, but you know, don't, don't follow (laughs) what's being shoved down your throat. It's hard when it's like forced, when it's forced at you like that all the time. And you're like, this, this looks like what I need to be doing, or this is what I'm told what I need to be doing. But like, if you if you look through the cracks, the little nooks and crannies, there's gold in there and there's gold people within that gold. And like, that's what you have to find. You have to look for the gold, right? It, but it, And it's all about the journey. I know that sounds so cliche and so <laughs> corny, but like, 
my favorite band, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, Always Saving My Life, there's a lyric on one of their new albums. And I think about it all the time when we like talk about stuff like this. And it's, there's no destination, there is only the ride. And that is so absolutely true. So it's like, you're never, if you're constantly thinking, I have to get there, I have to get there, you're never going to get there. You know, you just need yeah. to enjoy this right. path that you're currently on and and make the most of what you can with it, you know? And that's how we got here. That's how this thing literally keeps snowballing every single day. I didn't think this week could get any crazier. And I woke up this morning and I'm just like, again, somebody pinched me and it's Thursday. So who knows what tomorrow is going to be like, you know? Right. And another thing, as somebody that is solidly Gen Z, it's <laughs> so hard. I'm only 25. Um, it's so hard growing up with that absolute fishbowl of digital yeah. media because you don't recognize that a selfie of somebody is so posed and so doctored to the point where you'll look in the mirror and you're like, oh, well, this doesn't look good and this doesn't look good and I wish this was different. But that person that you're seeing is thinking those exact same things about themselves, whether that be about their body, whether that be about their career. Successful people, what we deem successful in our society, don't feel successful, right? And so it's really, really helpful to try and fight that imposter syndrome that so many of us feel to be like, listen, they're feeling the same thing. That person also takes shits that person also that's how I humanize people in my brain I'm like oh they also like <laughs> you poop too. <laughs> you do too we're the same um but like we're all just humans right and we don't know what we're doing usually and it's good to mess up and it's good to learn along the way yeah like those the ones that are successful usually are the ones that have messed up a lot to yeah. get there but they're willing to take those chances and drown out all the naysayers you know and, and like, I, I'm, oh, I'm, sorry, I'm still learning it. I, I just turned 50 this year, you know, so I'm still learning as I go, but I'm, I'm thankful for the things that I have been through and that I'm learning even later that I can pass on. And hopefully my daughters can learn sooner to like, just knock out all that, that crap that really doesn't, you are the one that can decide, you know, where you're going to go in life, not worrying about if so-and-so likes you and, if you look like this person or if you have this, you know, name brand thing or whatever, I don't know. You know, you know I think that's one of the reasons why Riot Squad, I think that's why people trust us and they come to our shows and stuff is because, yeah, we can be cute and we can be pretty and we can put the filter on and the red lipstick and stuff. But then you're going to get us like this or like day two and three at Camp Punksylvania where we're absolutely out of our minds. When there's no showers. <laughs> exactly like where there's no showers and we haven't eaten anything other than like a ham sandwich at eight o'clock in the morning you know but and and also too like we are always very transparent like we're willing to be like hey let, we fucked this up like last year we fully took the blame for you know uh, like vera mentioned earlier we had to move everything over to the days in like the way that we handled that piss poor piss poor and we know that and and we took the blame for that we're like listen we could have we could have and we should have and next time something like this happens we're prepared for it and you know people make mistakes people learn and it takes time to do those things it takes a lot of trial and error and i think the fact that we're so transparent and honest about you know our hardships and things like that and where we are and you know we're constantly letting people know like this is this is how this thing is run if you have questions we're right here there is no gray area it's all black and white with us um 
it allows people to kind of put their trust in us. And it also allows us to continue growing too. Like we don't have that view on ourselves. Like, Hey, this is what riot squad is and only what it is. Like you, if you ask us what riot squad is, we literally have no idea because it's constantly changing into something every single day. Like we are essentially trying to be like this hub of hub of love for people. (laughs) It's it's really cool because it's not only attendees that see that authenticity and want to be there with us, but also like big fans too. (laughs) We are already planning 2024 and y'all are not ready. (laughs) We're not ready. (laughs) We are not ready. You're not ready. It's going to be great. But the fact that we are getting people that have been around for longer than I've been alive is absolutely wild and it's because they see that we are authentic and that we have our hearts in this work and we have our soul in the community and we want to make sure that everybody feels that and everybody feels like like we said earlier like they're just safe and can rock out without having to worry yeah and if we don't know something teach us or like or or help us figure it out you know like we we don't know everything we never will ever claim to and we're never going to take on something that we can't but bet your ass we're going to figure out how to do it for the next time somebody asks us and we're going to do it with flying colors (laughs) yeah and speaking of 2024 you know i've got adult adhd so i'm like all over the place but i already thought about your band you know, when you guys start your um, <laughs> our little oh, yes, our, our violin and saxophone ska band. <laughs> saxophone band around the campfire. It'll be called Kumba Ska. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? I'm surprised that something Berg has not. I honestly am too. We already got uh, one of our tech guys and um, one of the guys in the what nows. They really want to start this band called the Scottish Assassins. So maybe they'll make an appearance at some point. <laughs> Nice. But I think Kumbaska around the fire would be. Oh, hell yeah. Love that. So for 2024, that people, look out. Start practicing on the side now. Um, well, uh, before we get ready to wrap up here, I wanted to uh, ask you some of the questions I normally ask my guests that I have on. And we talked a lot about like learning and, and you know, not always knowing, you know, but figuring it out. Uh, what is a a class that you feel should be mandatory before graduating high school? Healthy relationships. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I really feel like we need to have like a mental health class yes. in some way, shape or form, like a behavioral, I, I don't know. I, I, It's just not ever pushed when you're younger to, to like think about things as you grow up of like what triggers you what makes you upset and how you can like work through that I think that stuff is so important it shouldn't be stuff that like we only we only have our our taking care of like when we feel like it's an issue for our children you know it should be something accessible right before I started in the medical advocacy I was a community educator with the same advocacy group and one of the things I did was I taught between 800 and 1,000 children each week, and we had a curriculum on healthy relationships. And that looked like talking about what empathy is, how to recognize when somebody, even though they might not verbally be saying no, they're saying no with their bodies, that they don't want to do something, and how to take that no and not become violent with it and just accept it. And these are things like developing empathy for people, reading body language, um, learning how to health like communicate in healthy ways and face conflict in healthy ways. These are things that 
extend past romantic relationships and just our society in general. And if people knew them, <laughs> everything would be like much more peaceful and just, it'd be easier to come to creative solutions for complicated problems. Yeah, absolutely. If stuff like that was more easily accessible for people of all ages and we yeah. had, you know, the right tools to handle these things, like I would love for my six-year-old in school right now to to get a little bit of that every day in school and he doesn't, you know? Um, and that's, you know, obviously we can't expect teachers to, to do literally everything, but <laughs> if that was a wish question, that would be our answer. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, like I was in my uh, in one of my AA meetings yesterday uh, morning, and we were talking about you know how much you know utilizing the twelve steps of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous has has changed our lives, and it, it you know it doesn't you don't have to be an alcoholic to incorporate like the twelve steps in your life, you know it's like it's always keeping like short accounts of where you screwed up at the end of the day, you know, and how you can uh, immediately make amends, how we, how we stuff the, we get rid of the ego and we, you know, humbly look at, okay, talk about things that trigger us. Well, why, why am I reacting this way to what that person said to me? What, is, what in me do I need to needs addressed? You know, what do I need to work on still, Yeah, I you know, and just talking about mental health, you know, being able to talk about it, you know, it's good to be able to, you know, you know, like I, I'm in a, in a meeting full of men and we get in there and when we're hurting, we we're able to, you know, we, we share our emotions and cry, you know, which isn't popular out in the world. But, you know, it's just like important, though. And that's where like a lot of the issues, sorry, the domestic violence background comes out. That's where so many issues in our society stem from is the fact that a lot of men and even the internal masculinity and in women like we don't feel comfortable enough being authentic or being like, hey, dude. I am not okay right now. And I really need your support. Is that okay? Are you in a place where you can support me? And if we had the ability to magically overnight make our entire society able to emotionally regulate in healthy ways and communicate in healthy ways, so many issues would be solved. I Do really you feel like there's a nice, hmm? feel like there's a nice, you can see an effort you know, from a lot of people who, who have these things instilled in them that are, you know, we all do to some level, obviously. And I think everybody every day works a little more to be more empathetic towards others and stuff. Like I, like, I know I do. I know that if you were to ask me these questions, like five years ago, I would have had a totally different answer. I probably would have been an asshole about it, honestly. Like, but you grow and you change. Um, and ultimately, like you want to be treated the way or you want, you want to treat people the same way that you would want to be treated. And I think, you know, being a punk and in our community to watching people um, kind of learn these things about each other too, is it's really a cool step in the right direction. Um, and I just hope that like, you know, it's not just a little bubble thing, obviously, but I hope that the rest of the world is also like on this same page of like, Hey, how can I be a little bit better to you? Right. It's really as simple as it is. Like, how can I just be a little bit better to the person next to me? Nice. And then uh, I want to ask, I, I always love asking this one, um, but three people who've inspired you or you can credit for making you the person you are today. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Who goes uh, first? Sometimes they might be people that, you know, you don't want to be like, and they just showed you how not to be, you know? Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. So I actually had to write a very similar essay when I was applying for graduate school. Um, one of them is a person that did harm to me, right? And actually continues to, to this day, do harm to me. And from those incidents, I know that I don't ever want to make anybody feel that way. And I want to make sure that people that are also going through similar things have a safe place with me, right? And I can provide options for different ways of safety and healing. Another person that has really shaped who I am is, it's an author. His name is Paulo Coelho. Um, he's a Portuguese author, not Portuguese, he's Brazilian, speaks Portuguese. His work is the closest thing to religious I will ever get because it talks about how everyone is interconnected and it talks about how you have this like inherent fire and passion in yourself and being able to find that and find a way to harness that to make other people's lives better and to just make the world a little bit of a better place um, has been incredibly transformative in my existence. And then it's about a million way tie with like everybody else that I've ever encountered. Because <laughs> I don't think that there is any, like other than those two people and one of them, it's not even the person, it's his work. I don't think that there's any specific person that has influenced me heavily because I look for guidance and influence and I try to see the perspective of every single person that I meet because everyone has something to teach you, right? And nobody's experience is the same. So even if it's somebody that I never thought I would get along with, that's a new perspective that I can see. And it's able to really um, deepen that compassion and deepen that empathy for anyone around you. But yeah, literally everybody on earth. What about you, Laura? <laughs> So I want to say both my mom and my dad, but for very separate reasons. Um, my mom has just been by my side, sometimes too much my whole life, you know? Um, and I, I know that no matter what, she will always be there. Like I said, sometimes it was like, oh my God, this woman. But then other times it's like, where's my mom? And uh, she's always gives me, whether it be her point of view that makes me say, whoa, hey, I need to think about something really quick or her just being my rock. Um, she's there and I do have her to thank for just about everything. Um, my dad taught me a lot about trust and we're going to just leave it at that. <laughs> and then the third one, um, again, it's not just one singular person, but I will give the biggest shout out to the band Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Um, lyrically, musically, artistically, everything, and right down to them as individual human beings. I, since I first heard that band, since I first read a lyric, I was like, man, they're so fucking cool. But then, you know, diving in, going down the rabbit hole, figuring out what they're about, reading more into their lyrics, getting to know them as people. Um, they're just huge influences on me. Uh, the way that I view things now has changed. The more I listen to their music, the more, um, you know, my outlook on things expands. 
Um, and I am forever grateful for that. And I'm always, always, you know, any mood that I'm in, if I'm in a funk, that's what I put on. And that's what kind of gives me some inspiration. And I strive to be as genuine and as golden as they all are through and through. So they're huge influences on me. So there's four. <laughs> nice. And then um, any causes or organizations that you support and encourage others to check out? Punk rock saves lives. Punk rock saves lives. Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> hands down. And, and I'm going to give a shout out to our new friends. We've been big fans for a while, but we actually just connected this year with women of the pit and I, yes. uh, you know, it, exactly what they say. They are women of the pit. You know, it just, Hey, we are women. We love this scene and we can do this just as good, if not better. And they're constantly highlighting badass chicks in the scene chicks in the pit um you know all sorts of stuff and again too while we're at the shout outs we'll give one to mabel syndrome too because without them um i don't know that me getting into punk when i did would have been as comfortable i was able to say hey i know this group mabel syndrome and right then 20 girls would be like oh hey you're you're safe here you know it's just a group for uh women to get together and and be around each other in the punk rock scene and again too that's like that's what we do so to have those same ethos as those people are huge to us and those are groups that have been by our side since day one too punk rock saves lives and maple syndrome and i hope that i'm sure women up the pit will be rocking with us forever and then uh any message that you have for our military members currently serving overseas Thank you. Like through and through. Thank you. I really don't know what else to say to that other than thank you. Well, it sounds like you got the event that most veterans will appreciate. No showers, camping out. We <laughs> showers now. The showers are there this year. <laughs> well, to be fair, we did have them last year. They just were not the best. <laughs> it was like a it was like a dressing room curtain. And a bag of water that got warmed up by the sun. Nice. So they're better this year. <laughs> talk about the bagged water. <laughs> that's uh, definitely DIY right there. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, oh, yeah. that's the thing. We Our shower truck last year fell through last minute. And we were like, we told people we were going to have showers. What do we do? So we like went to the camping store and we bought <laughs> camp showers. Because it was literally we, strung up to a tree. Yeah, like, we, we are not... <laughs> not women to break our word. So we, no. we had bag showers. <laughs> hey, Which it is what it is, now. right? You know, and it yeah. kind of takes you back to like when you did the first year when you didn't have cell phone service, sometimes you got to get rid of the things that we take for granted to really appreciate the moment, you know, <laughs> but uh, ladies, thank you so much for uh, your patience with me today and your time. And um, you know, uh, if there's a, uh, for people that are new to hearing about uh, Camp Punksylvania and, you know, uh, Riot Squad and, uh, you know, want to know more or how to get involved and stuff, where would you send them? CampPunksylvania.com or any of our social medias. We are Camp Punksylvania on Instagram and Facebook and technically TikTok, but it's not that great yet. Um, we also have Riot Squad on those platforms as well. 
Yeah, and we are super active on there. You, you're going to get one of the three of us every single time, and we answer very quickly, and we're hilarious. So follow us, <laughs> shoot us an email, say hi. You can get all those fun updates, literally, like Vero said, right on our social medias and tickets right on our website. Awesome. Thank you again. And I may have some uh, bands from the Cleveland area to, to send your way for uh, 2024. So I'll have oh, absolutely. them re awesome. reach out to you. Submissions cool. will be open in the fall, probably November. Yes. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Thanks again for your time and, uh, you know, uh, great success for this year's event. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thanks for having great fun. Day.
Hey, hey baby. baby, this is Double D, also known as Dream Daddy. And I gotta tell y'all something about our new sponsorship here at today's Boondoggle. And the name is Dream Nutrition. So if you're looking to empower your human vitality, well then you come to the right place. With over 12 years of combined experience in cannabinoids and terpene products, Dream Nutrition products include CBD oils, patches, protein, and so much more. The endocannabinoid system is believed to have involvement in regulating physiological and cognitive processes, including the immune system, appetite, pain sensation, mood, memory, and in mediating the pharmacological effects of cannabis. Support this veteran-owned and operated company today, and today's Boondoggle fans will receive 10% off their orders when using the promo code Boon Dog 10 at checkout. That's B O O N D O G 10 at checkout. So go to the link. That's dreamnutrition.com forward slash discount forward slash Boon Dog 10. And remember, dream is not spelled like dream daddy, it's spelled D R E E M. And start saving today because you deserve to feel your best. And you know that's right. So tell them Dream Daddy and your friends from today's Boondog sent you. Thank you for listening once again to today's Boondoggle radio show. Please be sure to check out our website, DomainCLE.com or Today'sBoondoggle.com for more shows and check out our archives. Follow us on social media at Today's Boondoggle on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for more information about this podcast. And please support us on www.anchor.fm forward slash Today's Boondoggle as well as on our GoFundMe and Venmo. Be sure to subscribe, comment, download, and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, and all the other podcast platforms out there. Please email us with any questions, suggestions, and comments via todaysboondoggle at gmail.com. Leave us some five-star reviews and help spread the word. Thanks again for listening. for tuning into this week's today's boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news and information, and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for supporting, sharing, and tuning into today's boondoggle.